0: You're listening to Satellite Sisters. It's great to have you here today. I'm Leanne Dolan. I live in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer. I'm a producer. I'm the youngest sister, and I'm excited to be here. How about you, Liz? I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. I am the middle sister. I am a podcaster and a marketer. And boy, Leon, did we get a pile of new email into the Satellite Sisters email box this week. That's right. I'm excited that Julie's back because we can ask her about her irrational fear. What's up, Jewel? Hi, sisters. This is Julie Dolan. I'm the eldest sister. I live in Dallas, Texas. I'm a podcaster. And you know what my irrational fear is? I'll tell you. Storm drains. Okay. I think I'm gonna get sucked into a storm drain, or specifically while I'm walking one of my grandchildren, they're going to slip down into the storm drain. So when I walk by a storm drain, I usually change uh that go to the opposite side of the street. If I that is not possible, I give a big wide berth around a storm drain just in case the sucking action is going on. That's that for me, that's my I think that's I feel like that's totally fine. That's completely rational. All right. I, we're just going to do a quick follow up. We asked this is the question of the week last week. And then we did get a boatload of answers, both by email and um, and on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Julie, you're not alone. People have a really? lot of fears of just walking in jail. In general, I know <laughs> one one woman told us that you know she walks daily, and she said, "I don't know if this is irrational or not, but I'm always afraid to find a dead body on one of my many tracks." <laughs> what? <Okay>. That's unusual. <laughs> like you, Leon, she must be listening to a lot of true crime. That's yeah. what. I've It's probably that. true. That's yes. probably true. All right, people are very very afraid of animals. Some mm-hmm. make sense: yes. cockroaches or snakes. But other ones, how about this? I'm afraid of fish. Living dead doesn't matter to me. Fish. (laughs) Okay. Another woman, completely irrational fear. Frogs. Frogs. Terrifying to her. Okay. And then this one was so specific. I'm worried about Ingrid. Ingrid said, I have an irrational fear that a hummingbird flying around me will fly into my arm and its beak will get stuck in my arm with its body hanging on. Okay, Ingrid. Okay, <laughs> long sleeves, Ingrid. That's what I say. I you know, I I make no judgment here, Ingrid, but I've never been uh, like afraid of a hummingbird. It seems like no. I would be easy enough to swat away, but you do you, Ingrid. these are unique to individuals. All right. Also, just there's a whole category of people on the road, things that they are afraid of. Turning left, for instance, yes. terrified of turning left, log uh- trucks, trash trucks trains cement mixers you know those are all like things on the road they don't want to see a little bit like the brink's truck here people very afraid of parking garages totally understand that uh another natalie said she has um she she's afraid she has this uncontrollable urge that she's going to jump off something high and she just won't be able to stop her (laughs) stop herself (laughs) and you know what several other people said oh yeah driving off a mountain road oh yeah sure yeah one woman said she won't stay in an embassy suites. She says an irrational <laughs> because you know how they're all built around those weird, um, you know, things Atrium. Atrium. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what they're called land. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. But it's just this idea that like everything leads to the middle, like the balconies are so easy to jump off. So that I was okay. like, wow, irrational fear of embassy suites. And then, this one, I have to say, was my favorite. Thank you, Casey. I mean, I know that's not nice. It gives you anxiety. But Casey is afraid of sock monkeys. Okay. Well, really? Well, okay. She yeah. saw a scary cartoon at some point. She doesn't know why, Liz. She doesn't know why. She said she just she can't stand them and she won't touch them. So there you go. Irrational fears. We love it. We have more to come on Satellite Sisters today. Uh, all right, Liz, you are going to be following a new trial for us. I'm happy for you, Liz, that you have something, you, something like Thank this to, to fill your you days. know, yes, it's, you know, the Sam Bankman-Fried trial starts today, Liam, today <laughs> is the first day. I'm very excited. I've done some background reading on this, of course, but I have, let's see, one, two, three things that people should know about the SBF trial that starts today. Okay, that's the crypto guy, uh, in case yes. you're wondering. And then, Julie, you have a salute to three women. Don't tell us who they are now, but that's exciting. You <laughs> have Yes. It's it's sort of like an international news roundup, but with women. And then you have quite a few entertaining sisters picks, Jewel. I do. I have one that I think is because we're all dog owners, I think you're really going to love this one. So I'll tell you about that. In fact, I'm kind of mad we didn't think think of this idea ourselves. Okay. All right. All right. And I'm going to ask the question that's been um, setting uh, the internet afire. How often do you think of the Roman Empire? Save your answers for later. <laughs> okay. Save your answers for later. Okay. All right, Jewel. Yeah. All right. Well, sisters, um, I just wanted to tell you, I was uh, coming back uh, from my husband's 50th high school reunion. How about that? F- 50 years at wow. high school. He went to high school in Denver. He went, His father taught at the same school and they had a reunion. And here's the thing that you should know about 50th high school reunions. You should go to them for a couple of reasons. Number one, There's nothing after that. Like you fall off a cliff. Meaning that the schools don't organize anything beyond that, right? That's it. 50 years, right? So go to that. Number two, it's a super sweet, wonderful experience because 50 years out, you know, People aren't really trying to prove anything. They just want right. to see their high school friends. There's no competition. That happens at the early reunions. But at 50 years, as Leon as you like to say, they're just happy they're there. Right? They're happy yeah, they're there. Right. So. We had a wonderful we had a wonderful time at the reunion. We're heading back. Um, we flew through Denver International Airport. We're on Concourse A, trying to get back to Dallas. And lo and behold, there's a kiosk there, and it's and it's a fix and fly kiosk. So this is not a store, but it's a little, you know, outside, just right on the concourse. And here's what they claim, 15-minute repairs of Apple products. They can do SIM cards, phone cases, charges. You get a discount if you're an airline employee or in the military. But I have a cell phone that with a cracked screensaver, you know, the cover, and a cracked phone case. And I thought, how perfect. 15 minutes? I can get this done? I'm all in. So I'm over there, and there's the most lovely girl. Her name's Wendy, Okay. And she, I said, can you help me? I was kind of embarrassed to show her my phone. She said, oh yeah, sure, sure. And Wendy had lovely slender fingers and she is taking off this horrible cracked uh, screensaver off my phone and then she's taking out a new one and Leanne, you know there's not gonna be any bubbles as she's putting on the new one because she's cleaning it so nicely. She is just doing such a fantastic job. I am enjoying this. And then Wendy says, well, how's your day going? You know, I said, well, thanks Mm -hmm. for asking, Wendy. And so I said, well, I was telling her about going to my husband's 50th high school reunion. And then I said, you know, Wendy, like, are you in high school? Are you in college? She's she was a junior in high school. She's working at the fix and fly kiosk airport. Young girl. Okay. I was like, well, Wendy, I went to this nice reunion. And you know what, Wendy? You can't make new old friends. I just started. I just started Sisters, Liz and Leah. I just started, started. So I started with that. You can't make new old friends. I said, do you, I said, do you have any close friends? She said, oh yeah, I have a couple of girlfriends. So we went to elementary school. And Liz, that's when I said to her, you know, are these the kind of girls that we're the best thing in your life you go to or the worst thing? Wow. wow. She started. You just like, slip, ra- slip I right. Just, I just, I am in just in satellite <laughs> sister's mode. And then Liz, I'm like, you know, Wendy, it's so good. You can talk to your, your girlfriends because you know, conversation can really help you navigate transitions in your life. You're going to have, have some of these. Yes. I, okay. and I am. And I was like, Wendy, just remember not every conversation will change your life. (laughs) Any conversation, then. I I had to stop, you know, because I could see she probably had a button under the (laughs) fixed supply kiosk where, you know, the TSA can show up. But I just was preaching. I just had to preach the word. I had to get it out. I just—I didn't want to scare Wendy. She did such a wonderful job. And if you're ever on Concourse A at DIA, I want you to fix and fly. And Wendy, if you have an Apple product, she is going to take care of you. Wow. Okay, Julie, you're you're clearly getting ready for the big fun weekend. You guys. Yeah. On the weekend. I just it was it was too much. She we it just started and it just kept coming out of me. I don't know what I couldn't stop. <laughs> oh, that's a funny story, Jilly. All right. well, I had a I had you know a week last week that was sort of um it was revelatory, okay? So, here's the deal what happened to a lot of writers last week. And if you follow any writers on Instagram or on Facebook, you probably saw people mention this. Um, But we have been talking as everybody in the world has been talking a lot about AI, artificial intelligence. And last week was the week that AI came for me. You know, I've been sort of, vaguely paying attention i didn't want to believe that artificial intelligence was going to take my job away as a writer what um uh, so you can understand why i wasn't staring straight into the sun on this one right i was like no it's not gonna be that bad i've always got to believe that my voice is singular and you know that it's that that there'll be work for me and there'll be a place for me uh and my writing, regardless of, you know, what, what people are using AI for. But last week, tech writer uh, from The Atlantic, Alec Reisner, did a very deep dive on um, how artificial intelligence and and novels go together. And uh, here's, what, here's what he said. Here's what he wrote in his article in The Atlantic. He took a look at a small company that's pirated about 185,000 books uh, to create a database and then sold that database to the large tech companies to create their AI generative software. Okay. So this guy, he's small, uh, so he's pretending it's not a big deal, but he's made a ton of money taking almost 200,000 books, including mine, uh, <gasps> wow. feeding it into the database Hey. He didn't pay you for those, did he? Buy yeah, those? No, no, no. I'll tell you all this. Let me let me just get the simple explanation out, and then we'll go through like the details. So, so he takes the books, feeds them into the database, and then he sells the data to Facebook and Meta and Microsoft and Google companies. You've heard of and Makes a lot of money. So, here to answer your question, um, no, I don't get paid for this. This is copyrighted material. So, uh, you know, my publisher owns the copyrights to these books. So here's my first reaction was he took Elizabeth the First Wife, which is my second book. Mm-hmm. And at first I think, um, oh wow, what was wrong with the other three? You know, stupidly because <laughs> he didn't like the other. But I didn't understand that. <laughs> Thief and criminal, he didn't like the other three. But then you start to think about like, wait, what? Because these books are copyrighted. You know, they don't belong to him. They don't belong to the universe. They belong actually to my publisher. So, you know, they didn't ask for permission, Julie. No, nobody gets paid. These are just pirated texts that are fed into the database to create this common artificial intelligence. So the week before, a bunch of famous authors, Stephen King, Jody Bacot, Zadie Smith, they filed a a lawsuit against this particular company and other other companies like Meta, like uh, like Microsoft, uh, because they said, hey, this is copyrighted material. You just can't use this to create your data. So they've already done the hard work. So I just thought it was like those people who operate in a different sphere of writing. But no, it's my books too. And I have to say, it really kind of shook me. Yeah, Liz, I don't want to overstate it, but you're like, are you kidding me, big tech? Like, I just, right, the right. writer out here, you know, it was Elizabeth the first wife that they took. That happens to be just hold a special place in my heart, that book. Um, it took me a while to write. Like I wrote it in the middle. Some of the best parts of that book I wrote between the death of my mother and the death of my father eight weeks later. I don't know if you remember that yes. possible deadline yes. I was yes. on. Yeah. and and mm-hmm. it was a, you know it was a story about being from a family and trying to find your place in the family and it has shakespeare in it and it's set in Ashland Oregon and it's a romance and then that book like promoting that book i i literally had to start promotion of that book the week after my father's funeral and You know, so much of the promotion, I was with the small publisher, so you pay for yourself. And I can remember, like, literally, I had a hand truck of books, and I was, like, schlepping them around Ashland, Oregon, you know, in the heat, trying to get stores to buy in on the book and sell it. It was just such a personal book for me. And Mm -hmm. I did love it so much. So to see that that was the one on the list that they stole, no, no permission, never paid me just really took the life out of me. And yeah. I'm like, oh. And I think it's just something that people ought to know. Big tech is coming for everyone's jobs, right? Yeah. If you work on any yeah. job, that is analyzing a lot of data. Say if you're a real estate appraiser, like that, you're next, you know, any job, any kind of bank employee, any loan officer, anything where there's just tons of data. How about a lawyer? Like think of all the, yeah. you know, all the legal briefs. Gosh, goodness knows where they're getting them, but they're feeding in or, you know, and a scientist, imagine if they came into your office and took all your research and just put it in a big database and then sold it for a lot more money than it was worth individually. Oh, it just kind of took the life out of me, I have to say. And I feel like as a writer and as a podcaster, I somehow am in this endless, unwinnable loop with these mm-hmm. big data companies. Because on mm-hmm. the one hand, you know, they would have sold this technology to Microsoft. Well, guess what the industry standard for handing in your book is? It's Microsoft Word. Like you mm-hmm. as a you can't protest Microsoft. Because then you can't hand in any books. Like Publishers don't accept books in any other format, but Microsoft Word, 12-point type, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't really, really? feel like you, li you don't feel like you have any recourse to this. No, uh, you can't even do anything stupid like, oh, I'm going to quit Amazon Prime. Because guess what? Like the same week that Amazon stole my data... They were also, I was promoting the 199 version of Lost and Found in Paris on Kindle. Why? Yeah. Because as an author, I need them to sell a lot of $2 books because A, volume is good. And B, then those people automatically get a notice when my ne- next book comes out. So even though that's not a lot of money, I'll make 25 cents from each one of those books sold. That's a marketing tool for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just sometimes my head spins and like, never mind. Right. We used to be with a a podcast distributor that then Amazon bought and then they were like, oh, never mind, You're not, you're not yeah. big enough for us. Goodbye. Like, it's just, it just, I feel like, how did I get in the middle of this big tech vortex? I've just been like, working are you going away. to form a union, Liam?" I think, well, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's an author's guild, Julie. And yes. was, here's the problem. It's like, We don't all have the same goals and there's not, it would be very complicated for authors to form a union, you know, but, uh, I did sign the letter, you know, I did donate to the cause, uh, you know, this is a, if these big authors that, you know, do make a lot of money, um, if they're able to win, then maybe some of the money will trickle down. I would have just liked to have been asked because my answer would have been no, because mm-hmm. right. one thing right. I've learned over 20-plus years of professional writing is I don't work for free. Like, I am tired of working for free for other people. Like, mm-hmm. remember when the Huffington Post first started and we had Ariana Huffington on and she's like, oh, that's very bloggy. Yes, oh, you should blog right. for me. It's so bloggy. It's so bloggy. So I I had a book coming out at the time. I'm like, oh, fine. Okay. So I I went through the process. I was an approved blogger on the Huffington Post. And after two posts, I was like, why am I working for free when they're getting all the ad revenue? Mm-hmm. Like, it just it's the some yeah. reason, like Ted, TED Talks. Like, they've asked me to do a TED Talk. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not working for free for TED Talks. Liam, versus uh, big check. Yeah. I love it. No, I, yeah, You it's, can do it, Liam. I'm just one little person, but I just feel like, oh, how did I get in the middle of this? Yeah. And then at the same time, I'm struggling to, you know, I'm not struggling, but I'm on track to finish my next book. But I thought... Holy cow! Are you kidding me? I could just put it all in the in the AI database that Microsoft is testing, the beta, and maybe the book could finish itself with my own words. So um, no, I, it's just no. A, it feels feels like an endless, unwinnable loop. So all I can they're, say is like, what's that sent- What's that like thing about like they came for my neighbors and I didn't make any? Yes, I didn't pay yeah, attention, and, right? Yeah, whatever. Whatever that. And now they're that's coming me. for you. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Yeah, right. And and it's gonna be it's gonna be somebody else. So it just it just feels unwinnable against the these these companies. And uh, you know, it also feels just so wrong on its face. Like how yeah, could this be legal? illegal? So yeah, it so feels illegal. For, this, yeah, like more lawsuits. I think they can't just steal your work or sh- more steal Stephen King's work. How dare they? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, let's remember. Like these, I I, I just want to say. You know, writing is a hard career, but you also have to pay lawyers to look at your contracts. You give, you know, you give your agent 10%. Obviously, the publishers have lawyers. Like, we all worked within the rules and paid money to create the copyrights that we thought protected our work. Like, it's not like any of this stuff is free and everybody makes a ton of money because they publish a book. That none of neither of those are true. So, you know, you do have a lot of time and equity and money in the game uh, with that copyright. Yes, yes. So okay. I don't know. What do you think you got? I think you need know. to fight the good fight. Leon, I, I think need. to Lian. I think it starts here today on, on satellite <laughs> sisters. Okay. Okay. That's where it starts. Yeah. I just don't know where the good fight goes. You know, no. I don't know where the good, I don't know where the good, I, I don't know how you fight the big fight against, against a technology you're also using mm. and need. And oh, it's yeah. just, a, it feels unwinnable. But I guess speaking about it is the first is yeah. the first thing, just something to be aware of. You know that these well, are yeah. they're presenting it as kind of a Robin Hood story, like oh look, this little tech company, you know, created this database and is now making lots of money from Google and Meta and and Amazon. Well, by stealing the work yeah. of, I know. I think you need I need you need some of those FBI warning labels on your books, laying. You know, like they used to put on old V. Uh, all right yeah yeah that's what yeah, we uh-huh. need the fbi on this leanne I think Yeah, you gotta yeah, get them- nobody yeah. copied those old VH- vhs tapes julie no those, no. those <laughs> totally worked <laughs> Okay, Good. all right i'll okay. start, start there <laughs> Le- leanne i'm just gonna pose a bigger question have you thought that maybe you could use a midlife wisdom school have you thought about that <laughs> maybe Yes, Maybe, yes, you know yes, Liz. because you aren't the only one wondering about what's next. And I bring it up because uh the presenting sponsor of our big fun weekend, M E A, um, right there on its home page, it says navigate what's next. And I think I think we're all gonna need to do that, right? With not just work, right. lives, yes. and choices, and goals and all of that. So this is just a way of thanking our sponsor, MEA, and reminding our listeners that right now you can get 20% off online workshops on cultivating purpose or on reframing retirement by using the code SISTERS. And they have both online and in-person workshops in Baja, Mexico, and Santa Fe, New Mexico, which I believe, Mm. Leanne, actually figures prominently in your new book, correct? Yes, it does. The okay. marriage sabbatical is set in Santa Fe. It's okay. a special place. Yeah, it's beautiful guy. place. It would be a great place to sort of work out your midlife issues, which is yeah. essentially what my character is doing. But sure. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. All right. Well, if anyone wants to check it out, you go to meawisdom.com. That's meawisdom.com. I think, I think a lot of people are in this space. It's not just you, but we're all going to have to navigate what's next. So thanks, MEA, for supporting the Big Fun Weekend. Hi, all. It's Leanne Dolan from Satellite Sisters. And you know what my definition of self-care is? Any product from oseamalibu.com. That's right. We love the beautiful body care products at oseamalibu.com. And we love that they've supported Satellite Sisters for a long time. That's how it works. The sponsors support us. You support the sponsors. We continue to produce Satellite Sisters content for you. And you know what? We do it with really great looking skin. This is the year of Undaria Algae Body Butter. If you have not tried this amazing product yet, 2024 is your year because Undaria Algae Body Butter is Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable product. It makes a glowing choice for achieving your new year body care and self-care goals. I got to tell you, you put this stuff on. First of all, we've said it before, you want to eat it. Secondly, you put it on, it makes your skin feel so smooth and hydrated, and that lasts for days. You know, have you ever had a beauty product that kind of fades out and an hour later you're like, what happened there? Not the case with the famous Andaria Algae Body Butter. It's not your typical body butter, and that's why it works better. It's made with ingredients that's normally reserved for your face, like the Andaria Seaweed and the Ceramides, and it can transform your dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and subtle. So make it happen in 2024. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our Satellite Sisters and Misters. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. You get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Lian and Julie here from Satellite Sisters, and you know we love pros. Pros is the custom hair care system that is truly made to order, and we are big proponents of pros here at Satellite Sisters. Thank you, pros, for supporting us and for supporting our hair goals. I mean, Julie, I am trying to get my hair in shape for my book tour, which starts in a little bit. I am going to be out and about. I'm going to be walking into rooms. I've got to get going. i got to make sure the hair looks good because people are looking what do you think, Jill? Give me your honest assessment of my my pros progress. Leon, I'm looking at your hair on the screen and it looks great. It's it's full of body, it's bouncy. Whoa, look at that. just when you zhuzh it up like that, it's amazing. I mean, you don't have any of that dryness you used to have in your hair, you know? Uh you make me a little jealous, Leon. You got some good looking hair going there. Thank you. You know what? I have seen a giant difference since I've been on the whole pros regime. I take the hair vitamins that are you know, specifically prescribed for me. Uh, they, I took the hair quiz. They analyzed my hair type. They know where I live. They know uh, in terms of the weather. They know how how often I go swimming. They know this. They know that. I take the vitamins. I use the shampoo, the conditioner, the uh, post-leave-in conditioner when I'm in a really dry place or it's the winter season. And I do think I'm making a lot of progress. Thank you, Julie. I I appreciate that. Uh, If you want to make progress with your hair, check out Prose Custom made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order today, plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Okay, so that's great. 50% off your first subscription order, plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Go to pros.com slash sisters. And pros, you know, is P-R-O-S-E. Rose.com slash sisters for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. Thanks, pros. Thanks for my hair. Okay, good news, sisters. I have a new case that I'm on. Uh, this is it. I'm be- I'm back in court on the Sam Bankman Fried case. Are you following this at all? No, but I'm a little bit. Very- little bit. I'm very happy that you are, Liz, because I know you're going to break it down for us. You needed a new case. I mean, the Theranos case is pretty much wrapped up. I know. I'm glad you have something new that you can really sink your teeth into. Yes. Well, you know, sooner or later, the crypto business was going to come crashing down. And Sam Bankman-Fried is the guy who, who made it happen. So here's one of the things you need to know going into the case. And as you hear people like me talking about it, SBF is the guy FTX is the business. Okay. I thought those were, those were very confusing in the beginning. So, and at one point SBF was worth $11 billion and FTX was worth $32 billion and it went totally broke in four days. So the whole crypto exchange crashed. He's now been in jail and the trial starts today. So let me just focus you on three things you're going to want to know. First of all, this is going to get juicy because three of his business partners have already pleaded guilty and will be testifying against him, including his on again, off again girlfriend who ran the hedge fund. So right. that's going to get good, don't you think? I mean, yes, I don't mean to be mean. Another one of the three mm-hmm. is that the guy that he met at high school math camp. Okay, that's good, right? That's just that's just a good detail, that they've been friends since map camp. Okay, so that's number one. There are a lot of good characters in this story. Uh, number two is the great writer Michael Lewis. You know, he wrote books like The Big Short. He wrote no. Moneyball. He wrote Liar's Pokers. So he's been following Sam since before the crash. And he has a book about this whole thing that's coming out today, believe I it or came- not. I can't wait to read that. That will be great. Perfect, yeah. Julie. It's the first thing I did this morning when I woke up. I went to I went to the, I went to the Audible app on my phone to see if it had downloaded, and it had because, of course, I had pre-ordered it. So the uh, the title of Michael Lewis's book is "Going Infinite" and in "Fall of a New Tycoon." And here's the thing about Michael Lewis is not only is he a great writer and very colorful, but, you know, he's going to be doing all the news hits about this. And he has just he just has a lovely way of talking. I just love Michael mm-hmm. Lewis. So I think he's going to be everywhere for the next six months, which I'm all for. I'm all I mean, for he that. takes very complicated things and explains them simply. You know, that's, I I think that's a really powerful thing. Yep. Exactly, Julie. So my strategy throughout this is to just steal material from Michael Lewis when I bring it onto Satellite Sisters, because (laughs) he will have already pre-digested. Just give him credit, Liz. Just give him credit. (laughs) Don't steal it. I mean, because Liz, I think you have that same ability to take complex issues and break them down to very simple things. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Julie. Well, here's an example of that. Just item number three that I wanted to mention. To me, the most damning detail about this guy, SBF, you know, when they first arrested him, he was confined to his parents' home in Palo Alto, California, you know, had one of the, the electronic bracelets on. But <laughs> while he was, like, under house arrest, he entertained guests and had a pickleball court installed in the yard, Okay. You cannot okay. possibly you cannot possibly <laughs> root for this guy. This this wow. is what he's doing when he's under house arrest. That I, does not seem like remorse at no, all. No it does not. So I just want you to watch for details like that because I think it's going to give away just a complete lack of character. So we're just remember SBF the guy, FTX the business and it starts today. Ooh, Rainless. Rainless. I know, Liz. I think you need your own theme music for this. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait, Liz and Lee. And this is usually the time of the show where I do an international news roundup. And as I looked around the globe this past weekend, looking for stories to talk about on today's show, there was only really one story worldwide, worldwide that came up. And I checked multiple news sources, and that is, of course, the Taylor Swift went to the Kansas City Chiefs New York Jets game to see her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, who plays tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs play. And and not only did Taylor go to the game, she brought along a star-studded crew. I'm sure you've seen this. Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, Sophie Turner. Do you realize that this Sunday, um 27 million people watched this show which made it the most <gasps> watched which made it the most watched sunday show since february's super bowl okay okay wow at one point they had 29 million people watching this show uh there was oh a su- liz <laughs> there was a surge of two million new or two million female viewers Okay. Wow. Wow. Not surprising. Not surprising at all. Please ignore my fax machine ringing in the background. I don't know how that's happening. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's SBF. Uh, He's he's sending you a fax, Leanne. I thought I (laughs) unplugged that 10 years ago. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Well, again, anyway, of these two million female viewers, 53 percent of those were teenage girls. Uh, and NBC, they got on it right away. They cut away to Taylor's box 17 times during the game. Yes. Okay? Yes. People were watching it. And the NFL was trying to capitalize on it. They're sending out, they changed their Twitter X account, and it was all like Taylor Swift lyrics, okay? <laughs> so Kel- Travis Kelsey's jersey spiked 400%. His, <laughs> his podcast, Leon, went to number one on Apple. Okay, dude, we yeah. gotta date Taylor Swift. Can't one of yes. us date Taylor Swift? Uh, <laughs> she, she, she needs to, to walk around carrying a copy of your latest book, Liam. That's what we. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. It's just, it's amazing. It's incredible. Uh, she just, she, I, you know, I. I want her to be happy, though. Can I say that? I mean, I would yeah. I would like it to be true love. I don't know if it is, but I really want Taylor to be happy. And she does seem to be enjoying just her, amendis, her tremendous power, doesn't yes. she? Yes. Yes. I think that's yes, what it's about. It. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's what's called a when flex. He, it was <laughs> when you can When you can flex the NFL. Uh, I mean, it just was the number one story. Yeah. Okay. She she has it, Liz. She has it. It's mm-hmm. just was incredible to me that yes, I can understand here in the U.S., you know, with sports, pop culture, drama, you know, there. Uh, but worldwide, people want to know about Taylor and about about Travis. Uh, uh, and just uh, we just have to continue to watch it. It's going to get complicated because Taylor now has to go back out on her tour, Eras tour, and I don't know how many games we're gonna plot that out and check, but we all can't wait for the next football game. Is that right? Don't you think her? Yeah. <laughs> really, I can't wait for anything that Taylor does next. Maybe she'll, you know, switch sports or start showing up with someone else. It's okay. it's all good. Okay. People love her. Why okay. Not? Okay. Well the second woman you need to cheer for this week is Simone Biles because she became the first female ever to land a Yurchenko double pike vault, which is you have to run down the mat as fast as you can, then you have to curl yourself into the air, and then you have to pull your body around twice while holding the pike position, okay? No other woman has ever done this in competition. Simone Biles did it this, this weekend at the World Championships she's just amazing we have to do a shout out to her and as you probably know the skills in gymnastics are named for the first person to perform them at a meet so the yurchenko oh i did not know that Julie. oh okay Thank you. this I is very that. important yes so now the yurchenko double pike will be known as the biles two going forward so I want you to practice that at home. The biles too. You've got a big backyard, and I think you could set up a little <laughs> vaulting thing. And get it, get it going. Amazing. I mean, I defy any one of us to even just hold our legs in a pike for us for any. <laughs> never mind. Go up and down. Just, just try to pike your body for any. No way. Of time. <laughs> Okay. And then the third woman that we we want to give a giant satellite sister shout out to is Dr. Catalin Carrico, that she and Dr. Drew Weissman were awarded the Nobel Prize for Medicine this past week for their work, uh, their sort of their research work on messenger RNA, and you know this mRNA. This was this is the genetic script that enabled the world to get vaccines from COVID nineteen. And what is have you read Have you read anything or heard uh, heard her, uh, Kati, as she is known, um, uh, you know about her because she has an amazing background. I mean, she, she grew does. Up in, yeah, she grew up in Hungary. She was the daughter of a butcher. Ah, uh, she wanted to be a scientist, even though she had never met a scientist before. But she—that's really what she wanted to do, and she was. She got her PhD uh, in Hungary, um, but there was no money. The lab she was working in ran out of money, so she and her husband and child moved to the U.S. Um, But she never found a permanent um, research academic position in the United States. I mean, she was working on grants with other faculty members, but people really thought that her research into this messenger RNA was really very unorthodox. It really was considered kind of wild and fanciful. I mean, that she couldn't get grants. She never made more than 60 grand a year working as a researcher, you know, and she would work for other scientists and then and then she'd be cut. Uh, at one point she was demoted by the University of Pennsylvania, okay? Good work uh, Penn, okay? They demoted her and they gave her <laughs> They gave her an office way on the outskirts of the university. I mean, she just really struggled with this and then had sort of a chance meeting with Dr. Weissman, who became her partner at a copier machine. It was probably not working properly. Anyway, they got (laughs) talking and Dr. Weissman was working on a vaccine for HIV. And, you know, Kati, um, you know, felt very strongly about her research and said that you could use this mRNA uh, research for to develop an HIV vaccine. And that's how they started to do it. But one of the other amazing things about her as a scientist is she was willing to accept a lot of failure. And mm-hmm. this vaccine for HIV didn't work at first. It was a failure, you know. And a lot of times people would, you know, they'd move on or, or that's it. Or they get No, she had so much determination. She had so much willpower that she didn't accept that as a, you know, as a failure. She just... she she was a true scientist. She learned from that Mm -hmm. and they learned how to tweak it in order to make it work. And so it's just, and even when they published the information, Weissman and Dr. Carrico published their information, they had a really hard time getting it into scientific journals. Again, because it was considered sort of fringe or really- Very fringy, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard an interview with her like it was an old interview that they ran last night on the radio where she, when they announced the Nobel Prize and she said, you know, every year my mother used to call me when they announced the Nobel Prize and said, "Kati, some year you are going to win a Nobel Prize." And I would say Mom, I don't even have a job. Or mom, I'm sleeping in my office. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. mom, I, I I can't get anyone to fund any of my research. And sure enough, she did it. It's a it's an amazing story. Yeah. So, uh, hats off to her. Thank you so much for your hard work and your perseverance. And what a role model for a true scientist in terms of what it takes. You know. Uh, yeah. Well done. So, Kati. Taylor and Simone, thank you very much. <laughs> you lifted it off, lifted us up this week. Yes, Chilly, great recap, great recap. Thank you. That was enjoyable to listen to. Yeah, amazing. Um, all right, this is just a tiny little story from social media that blew up to become articles in the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times, and Vogue and uh, and Town and Country, and it stems from a TikTok about men and how often they think about the Roman Empire. But right. what? Three. What are you right. talking about? <laughs> so there was just a couple of guys. You know how things take off virally. A couple of guys. You know, it was actually a woman who said, "Boy, I can't believe it. My boyfriend says he thinks about the Roman Empire every day. Like something about the Roman Empire comes up in his mind every single day." Really? And then all the other women and men started to agree. Like, "Oh yeah, I often think about it." "Oh yeah, I would say I think about it three or four times a week." And then in huge thread on Twitter, thousands and thousands of men say, yeah, pretty much think about the realm on fire every day. So... This is fairly surprising. Right. So, of course, The New York Times goes to all these classicists. You know, I love it. Like, why is it just why? Why do men think so much about the Roman Empire? And, um, you know, let's face it. We get a lot of stuff from the Roman Empire in America. Right. We get our governments. We get architecture. We get engineering. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of that. Uh, People love glad the movie Gladiator. gladiator. Of course. Yes. The TV show Spartacus, a lot of classicists have pointed to the idea that it was an extremely, extremely patriarchal society and it was dominated by alpha males like Julius Caesar and Augustus, the first empire. So that sort of extreme, um, you know, form of masculinity appeals to a lot of men. Uh, it's certainly not because men care about history. They said that's complete nonsense. Some historians <laughs> like, women well, care about history too. It's just that these sort of popularized forms of masculinity have kind of translated down into the Roman Empire. So try it with, if there's a, a male in your life, try it. See how often they think about the Roman Empire, because I have to say, I was surprised when I asked my husband and he said, every day. So <laughs> really? really your husband thinks about it every day? Yeah. Well, he's he's leaning towards Stoicism now, which, of course, yeah. was uh, popularized by Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. So he listens to a lot of Stoicism podcasts and things like that. So he said, yeah, I guess technically every day I'm reminded of the Roman Empire and I think about it. Wow. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I think about the Roman Empire a lot, but I like ancient history. And I was yeah. in Rome five years ago. So a lot of times I th- I think about things, I particularly think about like, well, how'd they get everything done? Slavery. Like when people yeah. say, how did they build this coliseum? I'm like, well, slavery, you know, they yeah. don't, so, but, um, mm-hmm. but isn't that crazy? So then women, mm-hmm. they tried to figure out social scientists, what do women think about every day? Is there a Roman empire equivalent? Uh, and, you know, obviously it's going to vary by age and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But a couple of the things that came up for women, what do they think about every day? They think about one. Princess Diana. <laughs> wow. Well, <laughs> ask yourself how often you think about her. Probably yeah. once a yeah. week. Probably yeah. once a week. Sure. And then the other thing women are obsessed about are their ex best friends. Like they oh. just they can't get over broken friendships. It's kind of it that's that's yeah. our Roman Empire. That's our Roman yeah. Empire. Oh, so I thought it was going guys... to be accessories, Leon. Accessories. No. That could be three. Liz, maybe that's your Roman Empire is accessories. I mean, I'm sure, obviously, weight, looks, fashion, that's all part of it. But we're trying to sort of keep it fun. But I was thinking, like, what do I think about often in that sort of vague category? And I would say, weirdly, it was my job at the Mangy Moose. And when I was a cocktail waitress at the Mangy Moose, like, that was such a hard job. And that was (laughs) such a defining two years of my life. I'm just surprised how often I think about it or it comes up or I like see an Instagram post and someone's been there. So that seems weird. But yeah, that is weird that that was because that was a long time ago and a relatively short time over the span of your life. Yeah. But it was just one of that. Anybody have a Roman Empire situation going on with them? I, I, For me, my touchstone is always high school, like my high school experience. And okay. And and I, didn't I know think, that about you. And and I think a lot about my time there, the experiences I had there. I, I find it uh, very centering for me. Yep. That would be mine. Yep. Oh, wow. Liz. Yeah. Wow. Well, when you think about that, like a time period, the I mean, the most formative time in my life was definitely Spending my twenties in New York City. It was very formative. That that era in New York City was very dramatic. The yeah. you know, 79, 80, 81. There was a lot going down on the streets of New York and living there. It was like the ultimate test too of being out on your own. So I guess when you think about it that way, it would be, yeah, it would be then. I think about I think about those years a lot. But an era in history. That's mm-hmm. so. Interesting. I do love visiting very old cities. I think I just love thinking about what life was like, you know, a thousand years ago. Or you walk right. the streets of. I'm always the few times that I've been to Rome. I'm just always shocked how amazing it is, you know. Right when you walk right. the streets of Rome or Athens or the one time I went to Jerusalem, it was just fascinating. Or older cities in Asia that I, that I have visited. Yes. Yeah. So there is something about the ancient world and imagining yes. life in the ancient world that is very captivating. I, I I agree with that, but not so much the gladiator style. I like gladiator sandals. I think that's a good look. I just think for women, those places were not great. Not just not great. Yeah. They weren't. No, no. Yeah, no. no. They weren't great. The women, people of color. Yeah, yeah. No, and there's really yes. As as they said, it's just an extreme form of the patriarchy there. Yeah, in the Roman Empire, but um, and so many ancient civilizations. But anyway, interesting to think about. Straight straight from the TikTok and Twitter. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, I just have one quickie to add to that because it's also just something I saw in the news that I thought, really? Could that be true? <laughs> so, this, but I was thinking of you guys. So, this was a story uh, about so called marriage language, which is the term they use for oh. what they call the weird and oftentimes embarrassing oh. dialects people in long term relationships develop develop to communicate with their partners. So just like funny words you used with each other or the examples they used in like one couple that just always calls shrimps, swimps, or one couple that always calls taking a shower, taking a shower. shower. And, and and apparently this is very common. I, and I was starting to buy the premise. And then I thought, wait a minute, I, I can't imagine either of the two of you doing this with your husbands. But what do I know? I have no idea what goes on inside a marriage. So uh, just quick question. Do you have a secret marriage language with your husbands? Well, I'll let you go first. <laughs> I was just going to say I was going <laughs> to let you go first. Uh, I, I, you know, I think there, I, I would say that we have some words. They're mainly words that our grandchildren have mispronounced. Uh, that, uh, okay. that we yeah. have ad- adopted. And now we now refer to them that way. Um, uh, there there was our one grandson could not say the word petroleum, and he used to always say controlium. Uh, and so and we're referring to controlium products, that's the way we we do it. And it's always amusing to us, you know. We have another, yes. we had another granddaughter who would always use the expression, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. You know, and so we do say that to each other. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, no there's no shame in it. I I, I don't feel ashamed. I, 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 uh, yeah, I'm I mean, fam, yeah, families, help. friends, groups they they have secret languages. Uh, Barrick is just not a secret language kind of guy. <laughs> I mean, he, I a lot of times just no response is what his secret language is. When I say, "Would you like to do X, Y, and Z?" There's just no response there. I, I will say, um, I will say this. I, I will say most Monday mornings when I say goodbye to him, I say. Remember, it's meatless Mondays tonight. And that sort of elicits a laugh from him. That's (laughs) Does that count? (laughs) The totally count. (laughs) Uh All right. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. Leon and Julie here from Satellite Sisters, and we want to thank our friend Jenny Kane. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> love Jenny Kane. We know you know it's a California brand through and through, and we love their staples because it makes getting dressed so easy. Minimalist, effortless, but totally refined. And hello, Julie Dolan. That's kind of you. Minimalist, effortless, and totally refined. What have you been wearing from Jenny Kane this week? Leon, I love the cocoon cardigan. It's perfect for the hot again, cold again, weather we're having, you know, this is sweater weather and you can just pop on that cardigan. And even if you're wearing something slumpy underneath, all of a sudden you look elevated and you're ready to go. You look minimalist, Ever listen and totally refined when you wear the cocoon cardigan. Yes, I do. And uh, I get compliments on it, too, because it's just the perfect thing to put on. Well, that's why we love Jenny Kane, is that everything is beautifully designed and really flatters the wearer. So we want to encourage you to check out everything over at JennyKane.com. You're going to find your new uniform. What is it that you want to put on that just perks up your your presentation? Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off their first order when they use code SISTERS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at JennyKane.com. And Jenny Kane is spelled J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E. JennyKane.com, promo code SISTERS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Thanks, Jenny. We are so happy at Satellite Sisters to have BritBox as a sponsor. You know, we love it. It's the streaming home of the best British television with exclusive mysteries, crime dramas, comedies, documentaries, and more. Julie, what's your fave? Vera, I love this show. I'm on season 11. I mean, Brenda Blethyn is such a great actress. And the character Liz Vera, I don't know if you've watched it, but she's essentially Margaret Thatcher in a trench coat, okay? <laughs> she is bossing people around and solving crime. I love her. Okay, well, I want to especially recommend Archie. Archie is a brand new limited series. It's starring Jason Isaacs as Archie Leach. Who is he? He's the man who became Cary Grant. And, you know... What's so interesting about this is it's sort of about how he became a star in old Hollywood, how he went from being Archie Leach to being Cary Grant, but also because it's him growing up in old Hollywood, there are a lot of people in the in the movie playing Doris Day, Grace Kelly, George Burns, it's little snapshots of what it was like to become a movie star back in the day. So I really enjoyed it and recommend So sign up for BritBox today to stream Archie and any other fan favorites from any device you have. So we have a special limited time offer. Get 50% off your first month when you sign up for the monthly plan, but only if you go to BritBox.com and use our promo code SISTERS at checkout. Got it? Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Use promo code SISTERS at BritBox.com. We want to thank butcher box for being a sponsor of satellite sisters and a sponsor for a long time we appreciate that kind of support and listeners if you love satellite sisters we really believe you're going to love butcher box where you can get incredible deals on premium cuts of beef and deals this good are hard to come by even at the grocery store all right what we love about butcher box convenience high quality meat and seafood you can trust that shows up right at your doorstep with free shipping always and you can curate that customized box plan. And you know who this is perfect for, Jewel? No, Leanne, what? The meal preppers in your life. Okay, meal prepping now is being taken to a whole new level. We used to just think of it as making a few things on Sunday, but no, people are on top of it. They are planning out their meals for the week, and Butcher Box is designed for this. It's perfect. You get these proportioned. You know, high quality meat servings that come right in. It's right in your freezer. You can look ahead for the week ahead and go, okay, I've got chicken. I've got the salmon. I've got the scallops. or I've got steak tips. Fantastic. My week is done. So if you're a meal prepper, you're getting organized with your meals this week, Butcher Box is for you. I absolutely love the quality. This is exactly how I plan my meals. Looking in my freezer, what do I have? Let's go. So we want to tell you, Satellite Sisters, about a great deal. The key to becoming a meal prep master? Stay stocked up on the essentials. ButcherBox is here to help you do just that. They're offering Satellite Sisters listeners their choice of a weeknight meal must-have. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips. For free. In every order for a whole year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com sisters. And use code SISTERS to choose your free offer and get $20 off. That's right. ButcherBox.com slash SISTERS and use code SISTERS to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Thanks, ButcherBox. Okay, we are back and we are on the verge of the Big Fun Weekend. So we're very excited with everyone. We're communicating with everyone. You've been getting emails about what's going to be going on. You're going to be getting more. Final instructions in uh, in the email. I do want to say that I'm I'm a little bit not so much worried, but I have some concerns about the activity that I planned for Saturday morning, sisters. <laughs> because we gave we gave everyone a choice: you can do nothing with us on Saturday morning, or you can do yoga with uh, with Leon. You can do uh, friendship bracelets with Julie or you could walk to the Mary Tyler Moore statue with me. And, uh, we got a note from our event organizer the other day that when people responded what they were going to do, she thought maybe she might have to apply for a parade permit for the number of people that decided they wanted to walk to the Mary Tyler Moore statue. So, <laughs> so that that's going to be very fun. The more the merrier, we'll, we'll figure it out, people. Uh, you'll get instructions. But I did want to say, you know, not only are we going to have a photo op when we get to the statue, we'll figure that out. But I encourage people to bring some headgear, particularly a beret, if you own one or can get one, so that we can actually have the photo op of us throwing the berets into the air. I just just, oh fun. Just want to put that into the world. We we can do that. And uh, so, you guys, I'm sure you're working on the uh, finishing touches on your costumes for the Mamma Mia dance party. Yeah, I'm. Headgear is what I'm working on because uh, I I think we I, we really <clears throat> I have a boffo outfit, but it needs uh, it needs a head piece, and so that, those are my final touches this week that I'm working on. How about you, Leon? Yes, I am thinking about shoes that will be, uh, you know, in in the theme and work with the costume, but also danceable all night. So, oh, yeah. um, so I have I have secured some of those. That was my a number one priority. So I think I'm in good shape. I, I I'm also looking at some head headwear. I would have to say as well. I don't want to okay. I don't want to tip my hat. No, but it's not well. a hat. But I don't want. <laughs> I don't want. That's like, pretty funny, Leon. Thank you. I don't funny, want <laughs> to tip Thank my you. beret. But I, um, <laughs> but I, Leah and I are arriving together on the same flight from NLA, and we've already agreed that we are making a stop in the Prince store that's in the Minneapolis Museum because there might be some good things to to pick up there. Just again, I, that's why I've been thinking about accessories, sisters. Just thinking about Minneapolis stuff. Airport, not Minneapolis oh. Museum, Minneapolis. Oh, airport. Thought, yeah, it's Minneapolis it. Airport. Yeah. Sorry, the airport. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thanks. <laughs> We can't wait to see It should be really fun. Yeah, we're very, very excited. And thank goodness we have Sarah Alice as our event producer. She's done an amazing job. So that will allow us to be very excited to be there. So can't wait to see everybody. Can't wait. All right, Entertaining Sisters. Julie, you have a couple of uh, recommendations. I do. I have a book recommendation for you. It's called West with Giraffes. West with Giraffes. Uh, And this is historical fiction, okay? But it is a, not but, and it is a remarkable telling, um, a retelling of of a, a true story. It's set in 1938, and two giraffes from Africa, they come across the Atlantic Ocean, they run into a hurricane, okay? Poor little giraffes, okay? But somehow they make it to New York, and then they do a 12-day road trip across the United States in 1938 through the Dust Bowl to, uh, to end up at the San Diego Zoo. Okay, so this, it's a great story. It, it's got adventure in it, historic saga. It's a little coming-of-age story. There's some romance in it. It's sweet. It's simple. It's it's got animals in it. You'll love that, and it's not too much heavy thinking. That's what I would say. I read this on a plane. I loved it. I want to recommend it to everyone. West with giraffes. Okay. I live in village. Yes. Right, Thank you. Great. Yes. Great. Now my second recommendation, and I'm kind of I'm kind of a little annoyed that we did not think of this. But this apparently is a big deal now. Dog TV. Have you have you have you have you seen so, this? This, what this is, is a, that, Jill? <laughs> This is a subscription-based service, YouTube service, and what they are doing is th- these are TV shows that have been developed um, for canines. So you know that during uh, during the pandemic, everybody got a COVID puppy, right? And now everybody was home and it was all good, but guess what? Now everybody has to go back to an office and these poor dogs, they're home alone and they're bored or they get upset. And so this is a special service that is, you know, that, um, is developed by canine experts, and even the visuals they're recolored so that the dogs can see the images. Okay, and it's <laughs> yes. edited and scored for dogs' land. So these are sounds <clears throat> that dogs like, and it's to real, you know, that there's a lot of electronic music they use, atmospheric music. Apparently, that's what dogs like. Um, so no doorbells, no dog no, no doorbells, no doorbells. They're short, simple videos for dogs, okay? And uh, the creators of the dog TV, um they they really do all the programming with thinking eighty percent for the dogs, twenty percent for the humans. And mm. I get it's it's very popular because there are a lot of. Bored, anxious, nervous dogs. Uh, have you? Would you try that? Do you think? Do you think your dogs would like to watch some uh, TV? Liz, I was kind of thinking Hooper would like this dog TV. I don't know. I've never seen him react to the TV in any way, unless he actually hears barking. But other than that, he doesn't seem to. But see, it's the wrong color. These are the coloring is right for for the dog. And they're little short dog videos. They have dogs on there. So dogs like dogs. Yeah. Okay. Leanne, what about Steffi? She's kind of a head case. No. No, No, she, I don't know why you say that. She's not a (laughs) head case. She loves some anxiety. She's a very nice dog. Oh, of course, she's a nice dog. No, I didn't mean I it. How's she going to see the TV? She she doesn't sit on the couch. She sits in a bed. She sits in a dog bed. I'm not going to put a TV on the floor for her. No, she just no. She's a job. She's a German Shepherd. She is watching out the backyard for squirrels. That's her dog TV. That's her job. <laughs> okay, that's her job. All right. Well, would your dog is- watch dog TV? Uh, no, I don't think my okay. no no. No, he he just likes to sleep and eat. Uh, and right. yeah, yeah, so but I would like to know if people people like it. They they had a bit of a story about this in the New York Times, you know, and the author of it, you know, said that he had this service for his dog, and his dog seemed to really enjoy it. So, okay. I would be curious too. I would be very curious too, because this just really seems like a money grab for me, dog TV. <laughs> So if people have found that it does calm their dog down, I would be curious to hear this. I'm very curious. Oh. Um all right, so Westwood Giraffes Dog TV. All right. So for me, um I have uh I have become the number one Ed Sheeran fan in the last 10 days. So just want to admit that. I love Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Julie? I always liked Ed Sheeran too. Uh, yeah, I thought his music was fine. He seems pleasant. Every time I've seen him, he seems like a nice, genuine person. I love seeing him on award shows. But I can't say I ever thought, oh, wow, I'm going to just listen to the uh, you know Ed Sheeran radio today. That's all I want to do is hear Ed Sheeran. I just thought, oh, this is fine. But then about 10 days ago, my son Colin, who is also in the photography business in LA, he's an assistant And he has been working on a series for Amazon Music. Um, Every Thursday night, they're doing a live performance after their Thursday night football. So theoretically, you're watching Thursday night football, and then boom, it rolls right into a live performance at the Amazon stage here in Los Angeles. So Colin's been assisting a photographer and doing second camera on that. And long story short... Two weeks ago, Ed Sheeran was the the season opener, and he's the biggest star by far they're going to have. And um, Colin said he was just sort of in the room loading, you know, Getting gear, moving stuff around. And Ed Sheeran just walked in all by himself and walked over to him and said, Hi, mate, I'm Ed. What's happening? And so and Colin was like, Oh, nice. He seems nice. Yeah. Seems like a nice, normal guy. Hi, mate, I'm Ed. <laughs> uh, so then I started like listening to more Ed Sheeran. Then he has a new album out called Autumn Variations. I have just been nonstop 10 days, Ed Sheeran fan. I saw him on um, CBS this morning with Gail King do a really interesting interview with her. I listened to the Conan O'Brien podcast uh, this week with Ed Sheeran. I'm all in. Ed Sheeran, number one fan. So I will recommend the new album, Autumn Variations. He said he created it. He thought, I'd like to create an album that you know people can listen to when they're cooking in the kitchen in September. Like, original. Oh, come okay. away with me. So I think he said he wrote 14 songs about 14 different friends. And I wow. thought that was a really interesting concept for uh, an album and I've been listening nonstop. So there you go. Number one, Ed Sheeran fan now Lee <laughs> Dolan. So <laughs> thanks Ed. Thanks, <laughs> Total conversion. Okay, that's good. Well, I know it's just about time to wrap up. So I just want to remind people that we're going to thank our uh, big fun weekend sponsors, our presenting sponsor, MEA, the world's first wisdom school. I mentioned that at the top of the show, too. If you want to check them out, it's meawisdom.com. But also, Our satellite sisters, look what I do. Listener sponsor Kathleen Quinn. We introduced her to you last month, and she runs a practice called CFO Quinn, where she will come in and help businesses maximize cash flow and profits. Honestly, who doesn't need that? I think we all need that. And (laughs) and you can all meet Kathleen. She will be in Minnesota. I have links in the show notes for both of those. So we thank both MEA and Kathleen Quinn of CFO Quinn for supporting our big fun weekend. All right. Excellent, Liz. We'd like to thank Sergio Enriquez, our engineer. Thank you, Sergio, and Emily Boragine, who does our graphic design work. Thanks so much, Emily. We love working with you. Uh, That's it, Jill. We have a to-do. It's kind of a bittersweet. We have a special to-do. Special to-do a special to do we lost a beloved family member last week celeste morningstar she's the wife of our co- of our cousin joe morningstar and uh she was a wonderful mother a grandmother she was a ballet dancer and teacher she had the most beautiful wonderful gentle spirit uh and we had the great blessing to be with her uh in june for our family reunion and um And her passing is is so sad for all of us because she has been a member of our extended family for over forty years, uh, and so dear to all of us. So we light a candle this week for Celeste. Some of our family will be there at Celeste's funeral, and we're just thinking of the whole family because we'll miss her. We will miss her. You know, when I was talking earlier about those years in New York, in my 20s in New York, Celeste was there too. Joe and Celeste were first a couple then, and I I spent so much time with her, and we became such good friends. I was the bridesmaid in Celeste's wedding. I just think so fondly of her and that time we had together early in our lives. And she, it was great to see her in June, Julie. And like, thank goodness for things like family reunions where you you get to see someone you haven't seen in a while. So, uh, Celeste, we love you, and you will be very missed. Yeah, an important reminder why doing those things is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing to amazing to see her and we're thinking of her three children and her grandchildren and her husband and her extended family this week. All right, don't forget call your satellite sister.